things um, in your bulletin, so I invite you to check those out. Um, uh, Faith Night at the Flying Squirrels, if you want to do that, you can sign up in the back. There's information there. Um, some things that are not in the bulletin, but it's important to know about. Um, on July 27th, all right, that's Friday, July 27th, we are having a Faith Family and Friends event, okay? So what that is, is if you haven't been to one of our Faith Family and Friends, uh, it's usually some sort of themed uh, potluck dinner of some sort, um, and we just gather as community and enjoy each other's company. This particular Faith Family and Friends um, is in conjunction with the Green Spring Music Camp that's happening, so it's going to be a little bit different. There's a four o'clock progress concert um, that's happening that Friday at four o'clock here in the sanctuary. And then at five o'clock, we're inviting all the, the kids that are, you know, in that music camp to play games and all of that, that we're going to lead. And then at six o'clock, we're having like a cookout. So, um, one, I hope you will come. Okay. Two, um, if you would like to assist by grilling, if you want to be a grill master for the evening, that would be really helpful. So let me know. Or if you just want to attend and invite, like bring a side, um, that's what we're doing. So we're hosting this for, with, in conjunction with Greenspring, and all their students and their families are invited. Now, this isn't some, like, they've got like 20 kids signed up for the music camp, so it's not like some huge number or anything, not like 150 kids or anything. So we're looking at probably 30 people so, um, from Greenspring. But we hope that you will come. So that's July 27th. Um, Sunday, July 29th is our fifth Sunday hymn sing. So if you are interested um, in particular hymns that we haven't sung in a while or that you really love or that you want to learn, uh, you're invited to um, write those down and um, just put those in the offering plate on a piece of paper or on the prayer cards or something. So get those to us, and we'll have our traditional Fifth Sunday hymn sing. So um, are there any other announcements? Oh, Steve Cheney has an announcement. Yes, sir. Do you need that? No. Okay. Uh, a kind of a new outreach thing that we are going to be doing is uh, volunteering on Wednesdays from 4.30 until about 7 at a place called Tech for Truths. Okay, cool. this is a nonprofit, and what they do is they collect all kinds of electronic equipment that, that can be reconditioned and used, mostly computers. They fix it up, get it set up, and then donate it to veterans who need cool. a, uh, a computer. I know when uh, last time when I was uh, out at the uh, Veterans Liberation Services, one of the people there had a computer that he said came from Tech for Truths. I said, wow, yeah, I've donated there before, but I went and talked to them, and actually last Wednesday, I went and volunteered. Mm. And what you do for two and a half hours is take stuff apart, because what they do is the stuff that they can't <laughs> recondition, they separate it into the individual parts, and of course, you know, the, metal and plastic recycles it's just plain old metal and plastic but then things like they have clean aluminum and for clean aluminum they get 28 cents a pound oh, wow. okay whereas just iron anything iron or steel they're getting about uh, three or four cents a pound right 
They also have dirty aluminum, which is when they put paint on it, right? And they only get 13 cents a pound. But then they also have what they call gold boards, which actually have gold in them. And of course, mm, those are quite a bit more valuable. And all of the printed circuit boards, they get a good bit of money because there's fairly valuable pieces in here, but you gotta separate it all apart. So it's kind of fun if you, I, I don't know about you, but when I was a, a young kid, I learned how to take a watch apart. I've never put one together, <laughs> but I can get it apart. You know, so, so it, it, it's kind of fun. If you're interested, uh, we're going to try and meet here at the church at about uh, 4.15, okay? And I, there's some forms that have to be filled out, volunteer forms and so forth. If you are under 18, your parent needs to fill a form out also, <laughs> okay? But it's 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 kind of fun work. We're, we're clothes that you don't mind getting dirty because, you know, a lot of these things are very old, full of dust and, and this and mm. that, you know. So mm. you, you do get a little dirty doing the work. But uh, but it's kind of fun, and it's for a very, very good uh, purpose, mm -hmm. a very good use. So if you're interested, and it's, the place is right over here off Staples Mill, okay, right across from the new Libby Mill um, on the other side. But, uh, so, so it's not far at all. Thank you, Steve. That's great. <clears throat> so if you want to help with that, see Steve Cheney. So um, speaking of just outreach, uh, a lot of people have been asking, you know, we kind of get in our ruts um, here in church where we just assume everyone knows everything and understands things, but we have a lot of, a lot of new people. We've got visitors and new people joining us and um, so want to be sure that we educate uh ourselves and new people about all the outreach projects that we are doing. Um, the first Sunday of, of each month, we go and take a meal to Liberation Veterans Services. Um, the, in August, when we do that, we are opening that up. I mean, it's always open, but we are intentionally um, inviting new people to come and learn. We will actually cook the meal um, here at 7th Street during like the Sunday school hour, and it may last through um, worship. I don't know what's going to happen. Jamie has more information and she's out of town this week, but the idea is that we want people to get down and dirty and tangible and learn about, um, you know, Liberation Veteran Services, um, which by the way is our, it's a, a place that uh, people experiencing homelessness who have been veterans and they're trying to get back out on their feet. So it's a place for them to stay and we take them lunch uh, the first Sunday of each month. So we'll be preparing that meal all ages are welcome to help prepare their meal and then after church take that meal over and engage and meet new friends um, so if you're interested in that just be aware you don't have to let us know you'll hear more information about that but um, make a mental note so um, i think that's it's always fun i always enjoy going over there so if you want to try it out that's enough announcements probably so let us prepare our hearts to worship god
would you please stand and join me in the call to worship, followed by the opening hymn on page 65. O oh God, we come into your courts with praise and thanksgiving. We come in gratitude of your inheritance. We hear the cry of the poor in the land and ache to offer them relief. O oh God, we come into your courts with praise and thanksgiving.
Would you join me in the confession? We confess we find your medicine hard to swallow. The quick fixes of this world are so much more pleasant, leaving us free to go back to our usual routines. But your medicine is powerful, and if we take it, it will remake and renew our lives. It will reorient us to you and to you alone. Turn us toward your love for justice and true worship. Forgive our sins for which you weep. Forgive our hesitation. Grant us courage to choose you as our physician and to serve you and you alone. Amen. The God of our salvation, the God who weeps for us and for our world, is the God whose compassion comes speedily to meet us and to forgive us. Let us pass the peace. You may be seated. I will be reading from Psalm 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time on and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations, and his glory above the heavens. 
Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth? He raises the poor from the dust and lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with princes and with princes of his people. He gives the barren woman a home, making her the joyous mother of children. Praise the Lord. line. That's awesome. <laughs> All right. How y'all doing? Good morning. All right. Our scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 16, verses 1 through 13, and I invite you to actively listen or to follow along in your pew Bible. Then Jesus said to the disciples, There was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought against him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, What is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, what will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I am not strong enough to dig. I am ashamed to beg. I have decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first how much do you owe my master? And he answered, a hundred jugs of olive oil. And he said to him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 50. Then he asked another, how much do you owe? And he replied, a hundred containers of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into their, their eternal home. Whoever is faithful in very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in very little is dishonest also in much. If you have not been faithful with dishonest wealth, who will entrust you to true riches? And if you have not been faithful for, with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The word of the Lord. 
Yes, even this word, thanks be to God. <laughs> I knew that I was going to be in big trouble this week uh, on this particular parable. For those of you who are maybe joining us for the first time or in a while, I'm taking the summer to preach on parables. But I knew that I was in trouble when I was consulting all the commentaries and resources that I usually consult in preparation for a sermon, and they all essentially said, yeah, good luck this week. This parable has been challenging biblical scholars for centuries. Sometimes this story is called the shrewd steward, and in others it is referred to as the dishonest manager. The two different titles alone paint a bias, only reiterating the complexities, and you realize it's going to raise more questions than answers. To recap the story, because with all the pronouns, I find it difficult to follow, there's a rich man who has a business manager. Somebody squeals to the boss that this manager was wasting and squandering the boss's property, and the business manager is busted. His boss confronts him, asking the manager to show him the books, and at this point he realizes he's in big trouble, and he's going to lose his job. So the business manager wonders what he can do. He can't dig ditches. He's way too proud to beg. And so he has a brilliant idea. He's going to fix it so that his boss's customers will owe him big time. So they'll have to take care of him. And he calls in all the boss's debtors one by one, and he slashes their bill, drastically discounting what they owe. And it turns out to be a win-win situation. The boss gets more cash flow, so he's happy. The debtors get a big discount, so they're happy. And the manager gets to make friends with those who owe him something, so he's happy. He has dealt with an urgent and desperate situation very cleverly. This story should make you go, what? What in the world? This, dishon this, this dishonest person is shrewd? And he's commended by his actions? This story should raise questions like, what does this say about Jesus? <laughs> what does this say about the beloved community of God, the kingdom of God? How does this story inform our actions as people of faith, as Christians? It should be very troubling. But one thing to remember with the parables is that parables never explain the entirety of the gospel. They may just shed light on one or two aspects. It's like an analogy. You really can only take it so far, okay? So that's important to remember. We live in a world 
where we are always pulled in multiple directions. We hear in Jesus' prayer to God that we are not of this world just as he is not of this world. And yet here we are trying to do the best that we can, pulled in so many directions, trying to discern how to live an authentic life. We do our best to be kind and honest. We try to make a living, and if we're lucky, a meaningful living. We try to take care of our families and our friends. We're just trying to make meaning out of this one precious life. All the while, we live in a world that tells us other things are more important. Wealth accumulation, possessions, getting ahead first, competition, being liked. We're told that others are out to get us, even hurt us. And so much tension can build between these two worlds that it leaves us breathless and moving out of a place of fear instead of abundance. It can lead us to make bad decisions, selfish decisions, even immoral decisions. Now there are times that we can choose to live our lives in a way that's always in line with our values. I think about people who choose to live off the grid like a group in western North Carolina called Wild Roots. Unlike other communities that are devoted to the environment or opposed to social norms, Wild Roots has no unified vision. It simply desires to live freely and not wasting and constantly learning. Of course, this is an extreme example of organizing your life so it is in tune with your values. For most of us, we still have to or choose to live in full society. Perhaps selecting other areas that can devise social norms. For example, I have a friend that is vegan. And he's not just vegan in his food choices, he is vegan in every part of his life. So he doesn't use any animal products, from food, to clothing, to shoes, to the car, to furniture. <laughs> it's quite the commitment, but he's committed to, to that value. That is what he has chosen to do. To do. But see, living in this world, but not of it, is difficult. While we can make choices and adjustments to how we live our life, it's difficult. I think it's best compared to someone who struggles with food addiction. When the very thing you are struggling with is also the very thing that keeps you alive, and you have to have it. And so is the same with money. We live in a world where we can't escape it. Our entire society is built 
on an economic system based on money. So how do we balance this? What responsibility do we have? First, it's important to note that the manager is not commended on the mismanagement of the possessions. The master commended the manager because he had dealt shrewdly. Jesus is not praising his unrighteous actions. The admiration is in the brilliant planning. The capstone to all of this is that no, no one can serve two masters. You cannot serve God and wealth. And this is a central theme in Luke. The kingdom of God, the beloved community of God, entails giving up all other commitments, including the commitment to economic security. Luke places great emphasis on how the reign of God reverses the statues of the rich and the poor. In Acts, the Christian community is one where the disciples share all things in common, distributing to all as they had need. This parable in Luke is talking about a different way of using wealth. Our wealth belongs to God and is to be used for the purposes of God's reign among us and not simply for our own interests. Spending money ethically and responsibly is difficult. Choosing to, say, buy clothing that is ethically and responsibly made by, say, shopping at a fair trade store, takes significant planning. It means researching which companies are paying fair wages or not employing child labor. It means reading labels. It means choosing to, say, spend $65 on a dress or $15 on a dress. Choosing to buy, say, eggs or meat or soap from a local source means taking the time to go to the farmer's market or spending time to shop at multiple stores. It means choosing to spend $6 on a dozen eggs instead of $2. But when you choose to make those kinds of decisions with your wealth, The impact reaches further. It supports your neighbor. It ensures people are being paid a fair wage. It means 68% of the dollar stays in the local community compared to 48% when you shop at a food chain. It means product and produce don't have to travel as far, reducing our environmental impact. And it means you are putting money into a Christ-like system, one that goes against the social norms of this world. When you use your wealth in this way, you are building 
the beloved community of God. We do live in this world, but we don't have to be of it. The scripture is clear. Child of light, the instructions are clear. And they're right there. Be smart. Make friends for eternity. Get your priorities right. Serve God, not money. These are Jesus' instructions. And each one of us has to understand and figure out what those instructions mean in our lives. What might we build if we follow them? I invite us to stand as we are able and join our voices in our hymn of commitment, recommitting ourselves to Jesus and the ways that Jesus moves in the world. Let us stand and sing, O Jesus, I have promised, on 612.
You may be seated. Um, there are a few uh, updates on our prayer requests that I just want to share before we enter in a time of our pastoral prayer. Let us um, hold Judy Gunn in our prayers. Judy was diagnosed with um, like a skin cancer that she's having removed. She's having surgery, two surgeries actually, in the next couple weeks. Um, but she said that I could share this, and she asked to be held um, in our thoughts and prayers. So um, it's just it's a scary time. So um, also want to keep Elaine Krause and her daughter Amy um, in our prayers. She's really she's not doing well, as well as um, Loretta Taylor. Her son, Brooks, um, may have actually already passed away from the last time that we spoke, but he was really only expected to live another 24 to 48 hours. For those who may not know, he has pancreatic cancer. So we hold her and him in our prayers um, as well. Um, Al Modishert, if you haven't heard, is home um, and really doing quite well, um, but you know, still a time of transition and healing, and so we hold him in our prayers as well. Um, I would also like to share that um, when I imagine a church, um, like when I accepted this call almost a year ago, I imagine a place where we hold each other and our vulnerabilities together, that <laughs> I'm okay, guys. <laughs> um, but that we can hold each other in our vulnerabilities and that that is a space where Christ can enter and we can be at our best. And I imagine a place where we can share our, our concerns and hold each other in prayer and hold our pain and be vulnerable. And that we can be stronger from that and go out into the world in a more Christ-like way. And that's hard. That's really hard. And, and I share this because my heart was broken this week. My heart was broken. And I'll be fine. But my heart is broken. And I share this um, because it's an interesting space to be a pastor, to be a minister, where we have to hold everyone's concerns. And um, yet, sometimes our own hearts are breaking and it's really difficult to be present to everyone else. Um, and so I share this because if I want to create or help create, if I want this place to be a place of vulnerability where we can all come with our own different ways and to be ourselves and to be as we are, the only thing I know to do is also um, do that myself with you. And um, so I share that knowing that I ask you to please hold me in your prayers. <laughs> and I'll be fine. I know that. <laughs> but heartbreak sucks, um, as I'm sure everyone in this room knows that as well. So um, I just wanted to share that as we enter in a time of prayer. <laughs> so the Lord be with you. Holy One, you meet us here again this morning, just as we are. 
in wealth and in poverty, in want and in plenty, with full hearts and broken ones. And in all the in-between places and spaces where we find ourselves, you are here. How grateful we are to know that whatever is happening in our lives, that you are here to meet us and sustain us and to nurture us and to love us. May we be mindful of this Holy One. May we be mindful of all the ways that you call us to live differently, to give and to receive, to offer your hospitality and abundant love to a world that preaches a narrative of scarcity and of fear. May we be your people, your faithful people, that can speak of your peace and your grace. And to be the church that is broken and beautiful, but also willing to be vulnerable, to be ourselves without pretense and without guise. Today we offer you our joys and our concerns, our hopes and our fears. And we know that you are big enough and bold enough to hold them all. And all God's people said, Amen. God in Jesus Christ has given us much to be faithful for our tithes and gifts and offerings may seem little in comparison to God's gifts to us, but we are called to be faithful over and over with all that we have, our time and our talents, our gifts and our service. When we give of ourselves, we practice the spiritual discipline of stewardship. When we are faithful over a few things in this life, in the life to come, we may be faithful over much. May God bless us in our giving, that God's kingdom may be here with us on earth.
pray. Lord, we got up this morning. We ate our breakfast, we got dressed, and we came to church. All to give you praise and thanksgiving. May these gifts be a blessing for those who had no bed this morning from which to rise. For those who had no breakfast and are still hungry this day. For those who have no new clothes. And for those who long to worship you but cannot. Take these gifts and use them as you will, O God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. where we are nourished to live in the in-between. We come to this table knowing we are, we are of this world and are called to live a life, a life larger than ourselves. When we come to this table, we do so remembering the way Jesus lived his life with radical hospitality, with courageous compassion, choosing love above all else. When we come to this table, we partake knowing we too will go and do likewise, helping build the beloved community of God. This morning, we partake of communion by intinction. You will be invited to come forward and you take a piece of bread and you dip it in the cup and partake of those two elements together. Here at 7th Street Christian Church, every single person is invited to this communion table. So no matter where you are in life's journey, you are invited here. Let us prepare our hearts with, for communion with our communion We gather around this table retelling the story that on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, this bread is like my body, broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And likewise, after supper, Jesus took the cup. And poured it out. Blessed it and gave it to them and said, The wine in this cup is like the blood in my veins, poured out to give you new life. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us pray. Like those who gather to this bread, as it reminds us of his body broken for all of us on Calvary. As we partake of it, fill us with your love, fill us with your hope, fill us with your grace, fill us with joy, generosity, all that we need to live in this world. Guide us, protect us, help us as we seek to help others. Always in Jesus' name. Amen. Gracious and loving God, we bring ourselves just as we are to your table today to recall how deeply you love the world. Help us to feel and acknowledge that great love by opening our hearts that you may enter in and that we may show forth that love to those around us. Help us to see that it is not in how we look, how we dress, where we live, or what we own, but in how we treat others, how we give of ourselves and our possessions, that others might see your love through our actions and know that these things are pleasing to you. In humility and awareness of our shortcomings and in gratitude for our many blessings, we share the cup of salvation as a symbol of our commitment to seek to grow more Christ-like with each passing day. It is in Jesus' name that we offer this prayer. Amen.
Let us pray. For all the ways you hold us and for all the ways you meet us, we say thank you. May your spirit dwell in us now, emboldening us to live a full and vulnerable life, just like Jesus, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, how be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Let us stand and sing our closing hymn. Whatever it is, because I don't have my bulletin. Oh, now thank we all our God. Let us stand and join our voices. Receive this benediction. By our words and deeds, we show God that we are faithful with the gifts we have received. Whether over a little or a lot, we seek to be faithful stewards of God's gifts. So take all these gifts that you are grateful for into the world, remembering the poor, the least, and the lost. We will take God's gifts to a hurting world, spreading a healing balm in all that we do. Depart now to love and serve your Lord. Amen. Amen.